0: Hi I'm Kate and I'm Sophie and we are Double Booked. We acknowledge that this podcast is created on Jar, Jar and Wurundjeri country and pay our respects to elders past present and
1: emerging. You can find us on Instagram at doublebooked.podcast and I'm on Instagram as at kate reads underscore and I'm
0: at sophies.little.library. Welcome to Double Booked. When we first did an episode filled with different book recommendations for different topics, it was extremely popular. So we decided to bring it back with a whole
1: lot of new topics and books. Similar to last time, we're covering 12 different prompts and bringing you a book each that we highly recommend. Everything from romance, series to get you hooked, chunky 500 plus page books, and some fun Christmas ones as well. We asked our followers
0: on Instagram for topics and prompts that they would love a recommendation for, and we got some great answers. We definitely couldn't cover them all because we'd be here for hours, so we picked our top 12. But before we get into those, Kate, what is your recommendation for the week?
1: I have a random recommendation this week. If you're into true crime documentaries. Ooh, yep. (laughs) Which I like. Sure, not my vibe, but we just watched worst roommate ever on Netflix we've only I think it's five episodes for the series we just watched the first one literally tonight like half an hour ago and it was wild oh, it so was very it's actually what it was freaky as it's about this lady. well the first episode is about this lady that like no I don't want to spoil it actually I don't want to spoil it it's <laughs> it's not it's wild it's like true crime done really well Netflix always produce really good documentaries I find mm. and um yeah just like produce really well but crazy cannot wait to watch the next four episodes because the first one was wild I
0: can't wait to hear about it from you because I feel like that's going to be a little bit too scary for me <laughs>
1: yeah it was pretty intense what is your recommendation it's a bit nicer than mine
0: it is much nicer than yours um <laughs> and is a bit of shameless self-promotion I must admit
1: I'm going to we recommend... love love <laughs>
0: I'm going to recommend another podcast for you that I am a host of as well. It's called The Shine On Podcast, and it's an early childhood education podcast series. So a couple of workmates and I have been so lucky to start this amazing podcast where we talk about all things early childhood education. We're speaking to educators, to sector professionals, and um, having some really great
1: conversations along the way. So um, please go along and check it out because we're really proud of it, and it's really fun to make. So well, that's a double recommendation from me as well, because I listened to it last week. I listened to the first two episodes and it is excellent. Not relevant to me. Don't have children, not a teacher. And I still loved it. So <laughs> highly best. endorse that. Thanks for listening. You're so kind. Oh, you're welcome, babe. <laughs> and so what are you reading this week then?
0: I'm reading a book called The Vaster Wilds by Lauren Groff. Mm. So this one I think is painted as a bit of a, like a fable retelling. It's very um very literary fictiony and I'm thoroughly enjoying it but it's taking me a long time to read and I still don't think I'm very convinced of what's actually going on I don't really understand <laughs> it as yet but so far it's good okay just <laughs> sure start, I haven't been well the last week or so so I uh, mm. I feel like my brain capacity is not at its usual standard. so maybe that's uh, something to do with it but it is a very like one of those books that sort of takes you along with this main character and she's running from something and it's she's in the wilderness and it's all very, Mm. it's, it's a lot. I'm very intrigued. I I was just about
1: to say I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah. It's very intriguing. I just, I'm looking forward to working out what the hell's going on. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) what about you? What are you reading? Um, In classic October, November fashion, I am in a reading slump again, which has probably been my last like couple of months. I was talking to a few girlfriends about it on, bookstagram and also in person and I feel like it's kind of the vibe at the moment I feel like everyone's kind of stuck in between books or just even I think I'm in this phase where I'm like I just don't really feel like reading actually which Mm. is very unlike me I just I don't know I just just don't want to so in saying that I'm reading two books (laughs) well (laughs) trying to to, (laughs) anyway trying to I'm reading Hopeless by Elsie Silver the last in the Chestnut Spring series books hasn't grabbed me yet I'm probably oh, like, I like yeah four or five chapters in and I'm like mm, doesn't have the same pool that the last one the last four had and yeah don't know, don't know. I'll read cool. it because i did finish the series but I'm yeah not convinced and I'm also reading Broken Miles by Claire Kingsley which is a small town I think it's a series as well actually like a small town romance vibe it's on my Kindle was on kindle unlimited which we'll actually talk about later in the podcast but um yeah so far so good but i just am not interested in picking up a book at the moment i think that that reading slump vibe like you said is is really
0: widespread at the moment i think life is busy the world is mm. really heavy at the moment yeah. i think it's yeah a lot of people are finding it really hard at the moment so i think you're really not alone there
1: now, we best get into it because we have a lot of books to go through today. And I know we said we had one recommendation per topic, but I think I've been a bit cheeky and put multiple <laughs> in my topics. So let's get into it. So give me a book that will get you into the Christmas spirit. We're in November now. Christmas is coming up very quickly. So give me some Christmas books to read.
0: Christmas is coming up so quickly and I'm so excited. I am usually yeah. a very much a first of December, the tree goes up kind of person. Mm-hmm but I'm thinking this year it's going to be mid-November if I can even get that far because I'm just too excited.
1: I can't. I cannot physically do it before the first. I can't. I'm not around it yet. I love Christmas. (laughs) I really do, but I cannot get into November. Yeah, it's um something doesn't
0: sit well with me with it, but I just, I just am too excited this year. I don't know. You're we'll excited. see what happens.
1: We'll see what happens. That's fair enough.
0: I'm also lazy cool. though, so let's just wait and see. Um, But yes, if we're not actually setting up Christmas trees, let's just talk about getting into the Christmas spirit. So <laughs> my recommendation for this category is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. So
1: cute.
0: I have been on a quest in recent years to read more classic books. I read a lot of classic mm. novels in high school, I think before I probably really understood a lot of them and I'm rereading quite a few I had never read A Christmas Carol though until a couple of years ago but I've realized through my quest of reading classic books how much more I enjoy reading stories that I know the bones of already Mm. so while I'd never read A Christmas Carol I knew the story well enough through watching adaptations over the years um one of the best being uh, The Muppets Christmas Carol (laughs) hilarious so I did sort of know the storyline here um but hadn't read the book until recently but I was just I was really surprised by how accessible his writing was I thought that it would be quite dense and stuffy old classic Mm. writing but it wasn't it was really easy to get into and really easy to roll through and the different stages of the story were really helpful and I just loved it I love this book so much I think it just is one of those stories that really gets to the heart of what really matters, you know, family, love, celebration, all of those small, seemingly small things in life, um, Mm -hmm. you know, which is what Christmas
1: is all about. So I love that. I actually don't think I know the storyline of this, so maybe I'll add it to my Christmas list this year.
0: You should, you should. It's the old, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas past, present and future, and they all come to visit him and like show him all these different things. It's brilliant.
1: Okay, I'm gonna get on that because I yeah I've no idea.
0: It's really it's really good. Uh What have you got for us for getting in the Christmas spirit?
1: I have two and classic Kate style. They're both small town romance books. Love it. So I I I know I know (laughs) I love to read small town romance books at Christmas. Like the whole sweet wholesome like hallmark Netflix movies, but in a book form. And I think because Christmas in Australia is hot and these books are in like the UK or the US and it's snowing and it's, you know, cosy with hot chocolates. And I just love reading that because we don't get that here. So the first book I've got is All's Fair in Love and Chocolate by Amy Andrews. So that's about Vivienne who moves to a small town to open a chocolate shop. And she enters into this rivalry with this other chocolate shop that's in town and the locals don't like her because she's new and she wants to win this best hot chocolate contest and obviously you know small town vibes and then she bumps into this guy that she had a one-night stand with who turns out to be the town sheriff anyway you can see where this is going it's set at christmas it's a hallmark town it is brilliant i love amy andrew's writing so easy easy recommendation for me i'm love sitting it. here with this huge grin on my face because that you are cute as <laughs> oh it's so good it's so good it's like like a netflix movie but fleshed out like you know how the Netflix movies are like an hour and they're so quick and so cheesy but this is like a proper fleshed out version of that it's so good yeah you sold me on that
0: one yep add it
1: to your list (laughs) and my second one is quite similar but it's called a Texas Christmas Wish by Alyssa Callen and it's um the main character is Aggie who's a full Christmas lover she owns a knitting store that specializes in ugly, ugly Christmas sweaters and she has it in this you know, tiny little town, hallmark movie town, and in comes this big city corporate lawyer who he gets sent to the town for some reason, and he's a bit of a Grinch, and, you know, they meet, and you know where this is going. But Christmas vibes, small town, I just love reading that around Christmas time. My partner buys me one every year. On the 1st of December, I get a little romance Christmas book, Our little tradition, and, uh, yeah, Amazing. Love them. That's
0: the best tradition ever. I love that. It's so
1: good. I buy him a little ornament, like a little snow globe, and he buys me a romance Christmas book. It's very Aww,
0: cute. Oh, you two are cute as.
1: <laughs> very cute. <laughs> now, talking about Christmas, what are you going to buy for someone this year? So what is a book? Do you have like a standard book that you give people, or what's what's your thoughts this year? What are you going to give someone?
0: I think that... Any Ordinary Day by Lee Sales is a real mm. crowd pleaser. So when people ask me, what's a book I should give to someone for Christmas? This is one that I often will say. Excellent choice. I just think it appeals to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like, give, giving suggestions of, on what to buy for Christmas time can be really hard depending on who you're buying for. But yeah, um, I think this one's yeah, a real crowd pleaser. So Any Ordinary Day is a book about, it shares many different stories of, of people that have lived through The worst day of their lives. Um, So the whole premise is, you know, any ordinary day can be the day where everything Mm. goes wrong and becomes the worst day of your life.
1: It's just this. What what uplifting Christmas read? I know. No, (laughs) No, Let me me keep going. (laughs) No, I love this book. So this is an excellent (laughs) recommendation.
0: It sounds so awful when I when you start with it like that, but it. it, No, but it's amazing. amazing. It's this remarkable book about resilience and how you move Mm. through that and. And Lee Sales, she's just incredible. I've been a fan of hers for a really long time. I just, She's just so well-spoken or, in this case, well-written, mm-hmm. so measured. She's just – I think she's a wonderful journalist. And the, her journalistic integrity, I think, really showed through in this book. It just – you know, it, it explored personal tragedy, collective trauma. We went through things like the Link Cafe siege, through yeah, um, right. the Port Arthur massacre, through – Um, You know, Stuart Diver losing two wives. Um, Then we went through these Mm -hmm. sort of um, more quiet stories, I suppose. Those stories of personal tragedy alongside the stories of collective trauma and how people manage within themselves and their families but also within a community, like when there's things that happen um, that impact the community, it was just fascinating to read. And this book, it also has a lot of statistics and probability and everything about, you know, really bad things happening to people. And as a huge catastrophizer who always jumps straight to the worst possible scenario, it was really interesting to read all of that, like the statistics and probability alongside these stories. That's what really sort of brought it all together, which is hilarious because statistics and probability is not my cup of tea, not your audio. vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but this book, it just, it was incredible. I've read it once. I've listened to the audio book, um, one and a half times. I think it just, yeah, it is. It's a really great book, and I think it would yeah, really appeal to a lot of people for Christmas.
1: Thank you for reminding me of that book. That I'm going to give. I know exactly who is getting that for Christmas. I can't say because in case they listen, but <laughs> it is an incredible book. That's an excellent recommendation. What have you got for us? I think I've got three. <laughs> because <laughs> it kind of, I know, I'm sorry. This episode's going to go forever. I, um, I it, well, it depends who you're buying for, right? I've got, these are like my three go-tos depending on, you know, who's getting it. So I've got Honeybee by Craig Sylvie. I've got The Nightingale by Kristen Hannah, or anything by Abby Jimenez. I think that's how you say her last name. So yeah, depending on who you're buying for, they're my three go-tos. Honeybee by Craig Sylvie. Have you read this book? I have, yeah, for years ago. Excellent book. So this book is absolutely incredible. It's about 14-year-old Sam who, at the start of the book, goes to end his life on an overpass and he meets an old man, Vic. This unlikely friendship blooms. Um, so this book goes through kind of the world of petty theft, extortion plots, botched bank robberies, a daring dog rescue, mm-hmm. and a spectacular drag show. It's about this complicated family history, sexuality, gender. It is so heartbreaking, but it's so heartwarming. And I read it when it came out in 2020, and I honestly still gift it for the right person nearly every year. It is such an incredible book. I still think about it often. Every time I see it on my shelf, I'm like, oh, gosh, I love that book. So... Someone's probably going to get that this year. <laughs> that is a great book. That is yeah. a really good recommendation. Great book. My other recommendation, I think I've spoken about this book so many times, but The Nightingale by Kristen Hannah. Easy classic for me to gift. I think my Nana got it from me last year, actually. <laughs> she loved it. So great recommendation. So this is easily one of the best historical fictions I've ever read. I absolutely loved it. It's set in 1939 in World War II, and it follows the journey of two sisters in France, And it's about the war, obviously, but also about this secret rebellion. And it's won a bunch of awards over the years. It's probably my favourite Kristen Hanna book that she's written. Um, I think, yeah, my nana's gotten it, my mum's got it, my sister-in-law's gotten it. So who knows who's going to get it this year? But it's an easy one for me to recommend.
0: Whoever gets it this year,
1: they're in for a treat. It is such a good book. it's such a good book. I absolutely love it. And then my last book, if someone's after a romance, not like those two previous books, which are pretty heavy, So I always gift a Abby Jimenez book. Her books are so funny, but, you know, romantic and they're written so well. And they do cover some serious topics as well, which I've actually spoke about one of them previously, but that tied in with like a little bit of spice and yeah, anything she writes is an absolute winner for me. I think I've read all of her books now and I'm waiting, patiently waiting for the next one. So someone's probably going to get one of those this year as well.
0: That, uh, as you're saying that and explaining that, there's two people that have popped into my head straight away that I often buy a book for and would not know what I was getting them this year, and now I do. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and I think technically her books are, as uh, what's the word for like, there's it books that are not a series, like you can read them as standalones, but it's like uh, the same like world. companion novels? Yeah, sure. That's good with that. That's what they are. <laughs> like you don't have to read them in order. I would recommend reading them in order because um, you kind of see – Couples in different books that weren't together mm. in the previous book, do you know what I mean? So, like, yeah. highly recommend reading them in order, don't have to, but all of them, five out of five stars. I absolutely love them all.
0: For our third topic, we have been asked to share some recommendations for literary fiction. Kate, I feel like you're going to say no to this, but do you have a recommendation for a literary fiction novel?
1: Uh, is it a bit cheeky if I say Lanny by Max Porter? <laughs> I think that's perfectly fine. <laughs> sure. See previous episode for thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so no, not really. Take it away. Tell me.
0: I thought that this one that I would share Pyrenees by
1: Susanna Clark. Have Ooh, you one. seen this one around? I've this seen one? it everywhere. Haven't read it obviously because it's me, but I've seen it everywhere. The Pyrenees been floating around for a couple of
0: years and it was one of those books that just again started out so confusing, but I loved it <laughs> so much. Um, I've read it twice now, and it just—I'm not a big rereader, so when I reread something, I think it means that it's—you know—very, very, very good definitely, book. yeah. Um, but Piranesi is—it's oh, tricky. It's one of those books that's probably better going into a bit blind, but I'll give a yeah. little bit of a little bit of context around it. So it's about this man named Piranesi who lives in this house. When I say he calls it the house, but it's this massive building that's filled with halls and rooms and corridors and statues and. It's like this labyrinth and it's sort of never-ending and he, he could go exploring for days and never reach the end of it and mm. it's this enormous, enormous building. And there's no one else that lives there, though. It's just him in this huge space, but he, he loves this house and there's ocean tides that flow through it and he, like he, he understands the house and he works with his house. And there is one other person that does come into the house twice a week. Um, Piranesi calls him the other. Um, he comes in to ask for help with research into this great and secret knowledge. And we, I can't say any really more about him, about that. But just when, when I started reading this book, when I opened the first pages of Pyrenees, even just like the sentence structure, the way that things were written, I was like, what, what on earth is this? But when I gave over to it and let it keep going, the writing was just so mesmerizing and atmospheric and just completely wonderful and Pyrenees. I just fell in love with him as a character. He's just the most endearing character. And, oh, it's just such a good book. I don't know how to explain it without giving things away, but I just <laughs> rave and rave about it. It's wonderful. Oh, interesting.
1: I've definitely seen the cover everywhere because it's a really cool cover, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, and when it came out too, in um, when it came out in Australia, it came out in hardcover, which is not very common Mm. for books to come out in hardcover. So
1: yeah, true. um,
0: But yeah, it has this amazing like black and like bronzy foil cover with this yeah, that's right mythical looking creature on the front, and yeah, it is a beautiful cover Mm. and a
1: beautiful great wreck.
0: And now speaking of categories that one of us has a recommendation (laughs) for, and not the other, our next category is a dark, smutty romance and Kate. I've got nothing. So
1: this is all That's fair. That's fair. Do you know what? I promise. Like, I swear this was a, uh, someone asked this on Instagram. I did not put this in our lineup. No, I promise. (laughs) I I knew you were going to say this. I promise. I can't remember who it was. I wish I had it in front of me. I swear someone said, can we please have a dark, smutty romance? And I was like, absolutely you can. (laughs) I believe you. Take it away. (laughs) So... I actually think I've recommended this one on the podcast before, but I, and and in fairness, I actually haven't read that many dark romances. Smutty books, yes. Dark romances, not really. So I want to recommend Breathe For Me by Brittany Ann. So, Breathe For Me is a dark cowboy romance. It's probably the smuttiest book I've ever read, (laughs) like personally, like probably too much for me, but it was still good. It's the first in the series, the Hello Ranch series, and the second book's called Sing For Me, equally good. It's about the other brother. So this one is about Hello Ranch and Denver, the main character, it's his family's ranch and Valerie, she comes to town to try to get Denver to sell it to her company and obviously that's a hard no and they absolutely hate each other and, you know, it's dark romance, so just read into that what you will. But it's got the whole touch her and I'll kill you vibes and he does a lot of the killing. (laughs) Oh, Your face, Sophie. (laughs) It's like real dark. (laughs) She's dark. She's dark. Think like Yellowstone vibes. You know Yellowstone, the TV show? Yeah, I haven't watched it, but yeah, no, I I get it. Excellent. It's like one of my favourite TV shows of all time, so it makes sense why I like the book. Mm. It's like a smutty dark version of that. It's great. I feel like that's going to appeal to a lot of people. That's a good recommendation. It's, It's really, really good. And I recommend this a lot on my bookstagram and honestly, not even talking it up, but I reckon I've had maybe five or six people read it from my recommendation and message me and love it so yeah. it's a tried and tested recommendation i absolutely love it i'm not i might be making this up but i feel like there might be a third book in the series coming i feel like the this, this series isn't over from how it ended i can't remember i think it ended on a cliffhanger but highly recommend for a dark smutty book moving on from that let's get into our fifth topic for the episode if you are after a dazzling debut, love debut books. So what have you got for me, So?
0: Oh, I love a good debut. It's something that's yeah. so exciting about reading a new author.
1: Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, I totally agree.
0: Especially when it's an absolute knockout book like the one I'm about to recommend. I mm, um, Migrations by Charlotte McConaughey. This was actually published a couple of years ago, actually maybe three years ago, um, and its title when it was published was The Last Migration. Um, oh.
1: Oh, that's not familiar.
0: And then it was published, um, I think it was when it was published overseas, the title changed and then it has since been changed on um, any newly released copies of the book um, in Australia since then as well. So it's a bit confusing, Migrations or The Last Migration, either or. But when when I first read this, I described it as If Below Deck by Sophie Hardcastle mm. and Where the Crawdads scene Made a Baby, <gasps> it would be this book. Stop it. I love both of those books. Yeah, this book was brilliant. Oh, okay. Um, Got add it to the list. So this was one, it was just so full of such lyrical writing and had these really subtle reflections on society, which is something that I love in books. Um, and for for a really sort of nature-based book, it was actually really quite fast-paced, which surprised me. It is essentially about a woman named Franny, who uh, she talks her way onto one of the few remaining um, commercial fishing boats heading south, so that she can track these Arctic terns these these birds that follow the same migration path um, every year. And they're um, an endangered animal that is really close to becoming extinct, and she's trying to, to track like their last migration. But when she's on this boat all of these dark secrets about her life come out and there's things like an impulsive and passionate marriage, a shocking crime, there's love and violence and all of these things that she's running from in tracking these birds. And it just is this incredibly, it has, I think I described it as having this slow urgency to it. It was like a slow book that was so fast. I don't know that sounds so contradictory. Mm, no, I know what you mean. It. Um but it's just you know with with the side there was a lot of climate like a, a climate um storyline alongside this as well and that it was almost like this cautionary tale nestled amongst this big personal story of, of trauma and regret and it was such a vivid book but one of the things that i loved about this and where i compared it to where the chord sing is the connection to nature and the character's mm. connection to nature and how much that forms their identity and, and how viscerally they need to be in nature. And um, it was just the, oh, the nature writing was just exquisite. Like this book is incredible. It's one that I think I've I've suggested it for my book club for about 15 different genres over the last <laughs> three years. So I'm desperate to reread it, but it just, ah oh, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. And I was blown away when I discovered that it was Sharon McConaughey, mm-hmm. McConaughey's first novel. Um I have since read her second novel called Once for
1: Wolves, which was also excellent. So she's um she's definitely Oh, I gonna... think that's on my shelf actually. Ah, it's really good. I feel like that sounds, isn't that so bad? That's how many books I have on my shelf that I'm like, ah, oh, might be on there. might be on there somewhere. <laughs> well, I highly you've... recommend this, and I think that you might really like
0: this one, Kate.
1: Yeah, you've completely sold me with this. I love Below Deck and Crawl so, yeah, you've got me good. Excellent recommendation. I'll be adding that to the list. Woo-hoo. Your list
0: is getting bigger and bigger as this episode I know. Goes on. <laughs> we do this every
1: episode. Every I'm like, time. <laughs> I know, every time. What, oh, well, uh, that's the point. What dazzling debut do you have for us? I have another book that, after I read it, looked up the author and could not believe it was a debut as well. So I've got Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. Have you read this one? I haven't,
0: but this is one that I have seen a lot of people Mm. reading and loving and raving about. So I'm excited to hear more about it.
1: I really liked it. I took it when we went to Fiji last year for a holiday, and it's a really good pool, like beachside read if you're going on holidays. I just found it very nostalgic. It's kind of takes you back to earlier times of like young love and carefree summers and you know hot days and friendships and that whole kind of era it was about these childhood friends to lovers but it also spanned over a really long period of time and jumped between then and now chapters which I really love in books when it does that so we got to kind of know the two main characters Sam and Percy from like awkward clumsy teens to like anxious and successful adults (laughs) like (laughs) kind of got to see all of it so you get like this like teen angst and there's a betrayal and secrets and guilt and young love and it's kind of about like finding yourself and finding your way back home and oh I just cannot believe it's a debut from Carly it is so so good it It would be an excellent movie or tv show actually I've really loved um all the scenes of the lake as well like I could just I even still now I read it like like over a year ago And I can still picture it so clearly. Like I know what their houses look like and the lake and everything. It was brilliant. I absolutely loved it.
0: I love that so much when years later or like months later, however, like you you can still just put yourself right back into that world that they painted. Like they, it shows how well these authors can put us right into their imagination.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cannot believe it's a debut. Absolutely loved it.
0: Oh, that sounds so good.
1: One for my list. Let's jump into our next topic. What about books, like a really chunky book to sink your teeth into, like an over 500-page book? Do you have a recommendation for that? Straight away, I went
0: instantly when I read this in my head to The Secret History by Donna Tartt. I picked up The Secret History in a secondhand bookshop uh, about a year ago, I think I read it, and I knew right from the outset that I was in for a treat because when I posted this on my Bookstagram story, the amount of messages that I had coming through from people saying that it was one of their all time favorite books. Like it just hyped it up big time for me. And it it was written in the early nineties. So it's, um, it's an older book, but it's one that's, it's referenced a lot in other books that I read. And it just, it's one that I felt like I had wanted to read for a long time. Um, and it mostly lived up to the hype. (laughs) (laughs) Close Um, enough. But for, for anyone that hasn't heard of this book, it basically follows a group of academically gifted, really eccentric and reclusive students at this um, college in rural Vermont. So they're they're in their, you know, oh, they might be are they teenagers, like it might be like 19, 20, 21, mm-hmm. early 20s. Um, they're scholars of the classics. They're obsessed with, um, with their Greek lecturer and they're learning ancient Greek language. Um, And they're obsessed with the idea of thinking beyond. Mm. And the main character, Richard, is this, like, he's the new kid from California and he's the misfit to this bunch of people um, who are really very privileged, very elitist students. Mm. Like, it's a very, like, wanky school. Um, (laughs) And in the prologue, so right from the outset, we learn that Bunny, who is one of the original members of the gang, is dead. He's been murdered. His body oh, is yet to be found.
1: That's not dead. where I saw this going. No,
0: it's dark. <laughs> um, so his body is yet to be found. Uh, there was this really unseasonable dumping of snow that's concealed the body and the murder. Um, and we also know that Richard and the rest of the students, um, the rest of the group are responsible for his death. So. Holy moly. So through the next, I think it's over 600 pages. So for the rest of the book, we um, find out how and why and what happens next. So. I remember being just so sucked into this book right from the start. Mm. It was like reading in the mornings, reading late at night. Like I just really wanted to know what was happening. And this is that dark academia genre, which is quite new Mm. for me, but one that I've discovered that I really love. I love this dark happenings at mysterious old stuffy colleges. And I just, yeah, I really want to read more dark academia books because this one was so good. But um, I did find there was a little bit of the book, I think it was separated into sort of two two or three books but around book two the compelling side of it dropped off a little bit for me but then how descriptive it was and the mystery of it all and just oh it really it kept me turning the pages right until the end I really loved it but I do have to say though, because this is a book that was written in the early '90s, there are quite a few moments in this book that really left mm. a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. So there's a lot of didn't age well. Yeah, like there's a, there's quite a few moments of homophobia, xenophobia, mm. um, and just some other moments that just yeah really didn't really didn't age well. That's and a shame. Yeah, this is a book that I think I think I described it in my um in my review as being a book that is plain old literary wankery <laughs> which is not to everyone's taste but it certainly is to mine and I love this book a lot so I think um, if you're looking for a really chunky meaty book that's going to keep you turning pages the secret history is it that was not where I saw that
1: plot going <laughs> at all
0: like not no. even slightly
1: <laughs> I have a bit of a cheeky recommendation it's not you know it's not groundbreaking but when I went to look at my shelves to see a book that was kind of over 500 pages, I could not find much. It turns out that I don't really read big, chunky books. Ooh, there you go. And yeah, I feel like because all the big, chunky books that I do read or have seen are usually fantasy books because of, you know, the world building and like, there's so much to say in them. So I feel like they're normally quite longer books. So in saying that, my two recommendations don't need much introduction at all. I have got the of Thorns of Roses series by Sarah J Mars and the Crescent City series by her as well. They are so good. They need no introduction, don't they?
0: Yeah, no introduction at all. And I can say they are so good.
1: <laughs> last, the second, like the second Crescent City book, the last one, left on the world's biggest cliffhanger I reckon mm-hmm. I've ever read in a book ever. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So like,
1: <laughs> I need this book the second it hits the shelf at an iron flame coming out next week cool, as well cool, cool. i'm straight back into the fantasy genre which is i better get out of this slump <laughs> well, that's gonna get you out of it that's all that's what you're I gonna need so. <laughs> do you know what also gets me out of it the second book in the court of thorns and roses series which is a court of mist and fury i reckon i've read that book like six times yeah it's well over 500 favorite. pages that's my favorite oh. of series audio book physical book like it is just brilliant that's my favorite over 500 page book ever Solid recommendations. Love it.
0: <laughs> Our next topic is another one that I have got nothing for, but I know that you will, Kate, and I actually can't wait <laughs> to hear you explain this. We had a request come through for um, some recommendations for a Kindle Unlimited gem. Mm,
1: what is Kindle My favourite. Please explain. <laughs> Let me tell you. So Kindle Unlimited is a subscription-based service. So I think it's about $14 a month. It's obviously through Amazon. It's Kindle. Um, it's about $14 a month and it gives you access to this whole wide range of books that you can download on your Kindle. There's oh millions, like so many, you can keep them forever, but it actually only allows you to download 10 at a time. So you kind of like return as you go or like there's some that I've kept there because, because I love them and I might reread them one day. So, and, and they actually, sometimes they do disappear off Kindle Unlimited, like authors only have it up there for a certain amount of time. So for example, all Colleen Hoover's books used to be on there. Um, the Mile High series used to be on there. But then I think once they get more popular, they probably take them off. Right. I'm not really sure how it works with like authors getting paid (laughs) and that kind of realm of it. But that's basically how it works for the consumer. It's about $14 a month. It's great for romance books, I feel like, fantasy books. um, And yeah, there's some hidden gems on there that you're like, oh, I didn't realise that this would be on this platform. Um, I feel like it's good. I use it mainly for like a small town romance series. They always have like the whole series on there. Really, really good. So that's kind of how it works. But I have two recommendations for this category. Mine are the Honey Mountain series by Laura Pavlov and In a Jam by Kate Canterbury. The Honey Mountain series is five books that each book follows a different sister And so it's got A Friends to Lovers, A Second Chance Hockey Romance, An Age Gap Romance, A Best Friend's Brother, and An Enemies to Lovers. I, oh, it's so good. I read all five books back to back. I absolutely loved them. She, I've actually read a few of hers now. She's a brilliant writer. She does small town romance very, very well. So highly recommend her. I'm pretty sure all her books are on Kindle Unlimited as well. And In a Jam by Kate Canterbury. This book is like, Big call, but this book is like my literal perfection of books (laughs) i know if i could clone this book i could like just read this style of books for the rest of my life like it was i loved i loved everything about it it's like a small town found family single parent he falls first childhood friends to lovers like oh it was just brilliant it was like a bit spicy, a bit of drama, yeah, the whole found family thing. It was absolutely perfect. One of my all-time favourite books. I read it in a day. It's just – that is the Kindle Unlimited gem. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> Does that make sense about how Kindle Unlimited works? Yeah. So, didn't you say that – I think you told me that your book club book or something next, next yeah. month is a yeah, We Yeah, um,
0: we picked a book for Christmas and – we just, somebody just picked it randomly and then someone um in my book club commented and said oh this is the kindle unlimited book i was like cool i
1: don't know what they mean basically <laughs> it basically feels free Great, right. <laughs> yeah that's good that's what 14 dollars a month but read unlimited books so like break that down it's free girl math yeah
0: girl math it's the girl math thing i love it yeah it's book math well, this book that we're reading for book club, I think it's called The Winter Cottage or A Winter's Cottage or something. I forget who it's by, but it looks cute as hell.
1: So I love it, is, it already. If it's good, I'll let you know, and it will be on <laughs> Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But the um, yeah, the Mile High series used to be on there. Have you heard of that? Like Mile High, The Right Move, Caught Up. Yeah, I've. Heard and then of it, it got that, super but, popular. Yeah. But you can always find hidden gems, especially before they go. Um, you can even get like cookbooks on there. Oh, like that's cool. Yeah. Do you know what else is on there? Distance by Luna Mason. Oh. Mm. <laughs> so, you're like, why don't you go get that one? So, yeah. well, when you were talking about not having many books over
0: 500 pages, I was going to say, well, <laughs> yeah, well, here's a recommendation for to you.
1: <laughs> so, let's jump into our next topic. This is a bit selfish on my part, <laughs> sneaking this into the lineup. I have a few little kitties to buy for for Christmas this year. So, I would love some recommendations of books to buy them. So books for kids is one of
0: my favourite, (laughs) favourite type of recommendations to give. Um, So this is one topic that I do have three for. Um, Love it. And I, I did have to ask Kate before we recorded whether how old the children were, because I could do, <laughs> I could do this
1: age or this age or this age or like middle grade or like, yeah, it was, it was, so my, my possibilities you were very excited. I was, my possibilities were endless. I was excited. I was <laughs> excited because I'm like, well, this is easy for me. Can you just give me a list? Thank you so much. Thanks. Right, done. <laughs> um, but the three that I
0: settled on are three that I often recommend for people to buy for gifts because they, um, they're all just wonderful in their own different ways. So the first one that I have to share is called Pearl Barley and Charlie Parsley by Aaron Blaby. I love this book so much. It's got these really funky, really quirky illustrations. And it's about these two kids called Pearl Barley and Charlie Parsley. And they are the very best of friends, even though they are different in almost every way. Um, and that's things like, you know, Charlie gets really nervous and he's at home, but when he's nervous, Pearl Barley comes in and she makes him brave because she's really strong. And Um, when she's finding it really hard to do something, he'll be able to sweep in and help her. So it's all about how even though they're so different, it's their differences that make their friendship really strong. And it's just the cutest. I love that. It's so cute. It's so cute. The illustrations are just beautiful as well. It's a really quite a different colour scheme than what um, what kids' books' illustrations usually are. So that one's beautiful. So what age would that one be for? Perfect for sort of three, four, five-year-olds. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, actually all three of these are pretty much for that age range, so Oh yeah, cool. The next one I want to recommend is called The Book with No Pictures by BJ Novak. This book is so much fun. This is one that I used to read when I was teaching kindergarten all the time. The kids would request it all the time. I've read it with my daughter over a hundred times I'm sure. (laughs) Um, But this book with no pictures, it literally is a book with no pictures. But the whole premise of the book is that it's essentially teaching kids what what words on a page mean. And the opening pages say, um, you know, it might sound really boring to read a book with no pictures, like, oh, how boring and dull. But what you don't know is that the person reading the book Whatever the words on the page say, the person reading the book has to say, like, that's the rule no matter what. Uh And then it goes through and has all these real, it's like, you know, even if it says things like, and it's really just like nonsense, babbling, funny things like boo-boo butt. And I'm a monkey who learned how to talk and like all these like hilarious things that kids just think is so funny when adults have to say. I think any book that brings humour in like that for for children and grown-ups and makes the adult the butt of the joke, kids just love it. So
1: I love um, that. It's really fun. It's a really, really fun book. That is going to every child for Christmas (laughs) this year. (laughs) You are all getting it. I'm letting you know now. And the
0: last one that I want to recommend is called Mix It Up, and this one works really well for younger kids as well. So it's sort of like that, you know, one, two, three – um, but also you know my daughter's five and she still loves it and will for years to come so mix it up um, by Hervé Toulet I hope that I've said his name right he's French and I can't pronounce it so I'm sorry if I've butchered it but it's this really interactive book about color mixing so when you open up this book you know it asks you to put your hand on the page and then then you've got a magic hand and then when you flip to the next page and if you dip your finger in the yellow then you mix it with the blue and then on the next page you see what color you make when you mix it all together and there's bits where it says like squish the book together. And then when you open it, you'll see that these two colors have mixed together. And it's one that you can start by reading to a child or, you know, reading and showing them and helping them along the way. And over time, um, they'll be able to, you know, air quotes, read it independently or move through the book and do all of the actions independently. So it's all about color mixing, but it's a really interactive book and it just, I love it a lot. It's a, a great read and a great gift.
1: Yeah, as you were saying that, actually, I gifted that last year. I think I asked you last year what I should gift, and that was one of them. Big hit. Highly recommend as well. Case in point,
0: I always recommend it. (laughs) Yes.
1: Excellent. Now, someone else asked us on Instagram, what can I read to escape? I kind of took this as, like, that sucks you into, like, a different world and escape to, like, yeah, something different or a book that sucks you in so much that you don't want to put it down, and it it is an escape from, from your life is that kind of what you took from it as well
0: sort of yeah I think that I was it was kind of tricky to know whether this was something to yeah, to read to be sucked in or to to really transport you to another time and place but I mean I think like my recommendation kind of does both but I really want to hear about your recommendation because I can see it listed on our little running sheet here and this (laughs) is one that I have been thinking about reading for years and have never gotten around to so please
1: oh you've never read it have you seen the movie no you haven't seen the movie? No. Oh, so So this is Water for Elephants by Sarah Gruen, easily one of my favourite movies of all time, but it is even better as a book. Oh. Highly, highly recommend. So if you don't know what this one is about, it is about Jacob, who's recently orphaned and adrift, and he jumps on a passing train and enters this world of freaks, misfits, and he gets into this struggling circus. And I put this under the read to escape category for two reasons. It is so captivating and I was dragged so deeply and so quickly into the story that it really wasn't escape. Like I didn't want to put it down. And I probably read this like, oh, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Maybe I don't even know when it came out. Like whenever it came out, like years and years and years ago, I'm pretty sure I still lived at home. And so I still think about it all the time. But the second reason is because it's just a whole different world. Like it's a whole different era. It's, you know, in this world of the circus and it is just insane. So Jacob meets Melania. She is the star of the equestrian act and she's married to August. He's like the twisted animal trainer of the circus. So we get this love story with this secret affair, but the best part of the book is Jacob gets to work with Rosie the elephant. <laughs> oh, she's the bear. So she's deemed untrainable. She doesn't listen, she won't do what she's told, but Jacob has this connection with her and kind of works out how to train her, and it's so wonderful. So for some reason, I don't know why, but I love consuming content about the circus, oh. <laughs> especially in this like 1930s era, It's kind of like The Greatest Showman, yeah, Water for Elephants, oh, yeah. like, I kind of love, yeah, love that whole kind of world. So this book, yeah, really sucks you into the story, you forget about everything else while you're reading it, and... Yeah, being sucked into this era, like this different timeline, is so good. I cannot believe you haven't read it, watched the movie, anything. It is so good. I
0: know. I, don't, I really don't know. I remember seeing the trailer everywhere when the movie came out and thinking, geez, that movie looks like it's made for me. Like, I would love that.
1: Literally. And
0: then I've had the – I'm sure I've got the book in the in my bookshelves, and I just – I don't know oh why. My gosh.
1: You have to read it. It actually – I just Googled It came out in 2006. Wow, there you go. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I put, yeah, I probably read it about 10 or 12 years ago. The movie came out in 2011 and it's Robert Pattinson and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I love Reese Witherspoon. Same. And she is brilliant in it. It is, oh, it's just the best. I still have my trashed copy from when I read it like 10 years ago. I've read it so many times that it's, the copy is like falling apart. <laughs> it's always a sign of a good book. So I highly, highly recommend if you haven't read it yet. Yeah. All right. That's the nudge that I needed. I'm putting that on my
0: list, for maybe for next year.
1: <laughs> Please do. Please do. Now, what have you got for me that will help me escape?
0: I don't know if this is going to be your kind of book, Kate, but I hope
1: this will be someone's type You've of had book. a pretty good run so far. I
0: added a few <laughs> yeah. to my list. I had to throw in a few left of center ones. <laughs> um, but this one that I'm recommending for something to read to escape is Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Dorr. So you might recognize his name, mm. his wonderful writing first came to my attention in All The Light We Cannot See, which I oh. read years ago and loved, reread again this year, still loved. His writing's just incredible. So Cloud Cookie Land came out this year, so it's his brand new book and it's quite different to All The Light We Cannot See because this book follows five characters whose stories span six centuries oh wow but they are bound together by their love of a single book that has gone through all of this time so there's storylines that are you know hundreds and hundreds of years ago there's storylines that are hundreds of years in the future there's storyline there's a storyline in you know world war ii there's all of these different moments in time and the way he's writing is just it's just so beautifully done. It's so evocative of time and place. And this book is just, I can't even begin to explain the storyline and how deep it goes, but it is just, it is a book that will be a joy for anyone who loves the enduring power of stories and books and how they can impact so many people over, over centuries and over time and, and how they can connect people through time um, and there's just this wonderful cast of characters that you will just fall in love with and if you're anything like me you will fall deeply, deeply in love with Zeno Nines who's one of the main characters um, in this book he appears in two of the timelines two of the different timelines, he just is such a beautiful character that is one that I'm just going to tuck away in my heart to keep forever because he's so beautiful oh, I um, love that, you know what, you've kind of sold me. It's it's a bit of a wacky book in that you, know, you go from reading about what feels like i don't even know how to explain that time period like a really long time ago to you know on a spaceship floating through space in, in the future and like but it's just so fascinating how he can connect them all and i think you just have to trust in his wonderful writing to get you across yeah, the world. yeah. okay i'm
1: intrigued that's,
0: that's all right give it a go there
1: you go. go i will yeah
0: you're not doing too bad <laughs> <laughs> This next category is much more your speed though Kate, Australian <laughs>
1: rom-com.
0: What have you got for oh. an Australian rom-com recommendation?
1: Loved when this one popped up on Instagram. I was like, "Okay, where do I start?" Mm. So, I've got two because one doesn't come out till next year. So my two are Love Just In by Natalie Murray and Duck Orange for Breakfast by Karina May. I yeah. yeah, like you said, absolutely love this genre. So Love Justin comes out on the 3rd of Jan and I recently reviewed it on my Instagram because it was an ARC that I got and I think you can tell with my bookstagram if I love a book, I the review goes up like the same week. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and that doesn't happen often, but this one got me good. So while I would say it's a rom-com, like it's funny and there's romance and, you know, kind of is lighthearted. In saying that, there's also some like really hard hitting topics in it. So it covers death and grief, health, anxiety, and cancer. Like it has the most beautiful cover and it looks like a really light-hearted, fun book. It does cover these pretty heavy topics. So it's about Josie and Zach who have been friends for about 15 years, but had a little two year break in there due to some stuff Zach was going through and he moved away. So when they reconnected Zoe moves to Newcastle where he is living and Yeah, we see this reconnection. It's so sweet and it's just so, it's so wonderful. It's set out in then and now chapters. So we get to see awkward Zach and Josie growing up and how they became friends when they were little and kind of goes through all the way to now. And, oh, I just, I loved it. This is my first book I've ever read by Natalie Murray. I actually don't know if it's a debut by her. I'm not 100% sure, but highly recommend grabbing this one. When I love then and now chapters so much. I love that in the book. Especially I, um, with a friends-to-lovers romance as well. Yeah. Yeah, no,
0: that's another one that you're getting me to put on my list. So Yeah, you would
1: like it, actually. I recommend that for you. Mm, thanks. Now, my second one is, yes, Duck a l'orange for Breakfast. Everyone knows how much I love Karina's book, Duck. So it's set between Sydney and Paris, and it also has some heavier topics um, in it for a romance book. Max does go through a surgery for a brain tumour, but in saying that, God, I laughed in this book. This it was so funny. It was so witty. It was oh it was just the best. It was also like super empowering and inspiring and full of self-growth and like standing up for yourself. And it made me want to take a solo trip to like the French countryside. <laughs> it was just, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. And I'm not just saying this because Karina is my friend. She, yeah. It's brilliant. I loved it.
0: I really, Highly recommend. really, really need to read this book. This book sucked me in with the title and the cover before yeah. I even knew anything about it. And I just,
1: I don't know how I haven't read it yet. Yet another one. I really have banged on about this one, but it yes. is well <laughs> worth it. Well worth it. Highly recommend. Do you read much Aussie rom-com So, Do you have a recommendation for me? I actually do have one. Um, I feel like rom-com
0: gets me stuck a bit because, mm. I don't know how funny something has to be for it to be classed as a rom-com.
1: <laughs> did you laugh once? Sold.
0: I'm sure that I did. <laughs> Close enough. Um, but the book that I'm going to recommend is called Anything But Fine by Tobias Madden. Um, I loved this book so much. I don't so, think have heard of this. Oh, it's so good. So it follows Luca, who is a 16-year-old ballet dancer, and he's about to take the audition that will define his life, um, an audition for the prestigious Australian Ballet School. But right before the audition, he has this accident, he has this fall and it means that he can't dance and he has this pretty intense injury that changes the trajectory of his life and, and his plans for his future. And as he's recovering from that fall and coming to terms with his identity without ballet and what that's going to mean for him, he meets Jordan, who is this enigmatic school captain and this rowing champ. Um, they meet in an occupational therapy waiting room, so it's a bit of a meet cute. <laughs> And there is this undeniable spark between them, but Luca is sure that Jordan is straight and that it must just be a crush. But then as they grow closer, both boys aren't so sure that that's all it is. Oh, um, I love this already. It was so good, Kate. Like it just, and it's, it's a young adult novel. And I love that like teenage angsty mm. young adult novel thing. And in this book particularly, I loved the build up of the, the will they, won't they, will they, won't they um oh. and the whole you know experience of youth and young love and the memories of high school oh um, i love it and it was actually really interesting for me too because this this story is set in ballarat um which is oh cool a regional victorian town which is really similar to my hometown of bendigo so it made it that little bit more relatable too in that it wasn't um you know an obscure place it really felt like somewhere that could have been my home so but I just, I loved this book so much. Um, and Tobias Madden has another book that came out after this called Take About Noah Mitchell, which I loved as well. He's got another one coming out, I think, next year. Um, and, yeah, if you're looking for, for queer YA romances, he's definitely one to put on your list because, yeah, Anything But Fine was wonderful. I love that one so much.
1: So cute. That sounds awesome. Now, this next topic, our second last topic is a genre we are both very passionate about and very interested in. We love reading books with disability representation. I think it's, oh, no, it is so important. Do you have a recommendation for this? I know you do, but what's your recommendation for this one?
0: I've got a really great recommendation for this one. I can't wait to share this one with everyone. It's called We've Got This by Eliza Hull. We've Got This is an anthology of 25 stories from disabled parents in Australia about the added complexities of parenting with a disability. So these complexities could be physical barriers or other people's perceptions of their ability to parent and, interestingly, the barriers to even being able to have a baby with a disability. It was such a huge range of voices in this anthology. Eliza Hull pulled together a really intersectional collection of stories here they were really strong really impactful a lot of the people that had contributed to this were were names that I have seen in the media in different ways but some of them were people that I had never heard of before and it was just it was such an interesting collection of voices and I as well as just learning more about what it's like to parent as a disabled person I just I learned so much about the social model of disability and how terribly prejudiced our healthcare system is against mm, disability um, absolutely. and how ableist the fertility um, and conception mm-hmm. medical system can be. And it just, these stories for me just really reinforce the idea that no one is born with prejudice and it is learnt. And as a society, as parents, as teachers and as just, you know, decent human beings, we need to... <laughs> do better right from early childhood yeah. to teach our kids that all people are deserving of respect and dignity and equity and we need to do better as a society is calling out those the barriers within our um, medical systems as well and yeah. this just this opened my eyes in so many ways um, and it is just a really 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 powerful collection of stories I actually listened to this on audiobook I borrowed it through borrow box and it was a brilliant mm. lesson really really wonderful
1: That is an excellent recommendation. I'll be adding that to my list. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Yeah.
0: Yes. I really think that you would get a lot out of this. So Mm. what have you got for us? I'm excited to hear what you have to share.
1: I have a book that I think might be my top book for 2023. Oh. So huge recommendation coming from me. This is Out on a Limb by Hannah Bonham-Young. I pretty much read this in one sitting. It was absolutely amazing, but it's going to be a bit hard for me to talk about because I don't want to give too much away about the plot because I think it's better if you go into it, like, you know, go into a bit blind. I did read the author's note at the front and the content warnings are there, but it is such a beautiful way to start the book. This author's note is easily one of the best I've ever read. It is brilliant and it makes it so much more powerful and meaningful but like I said, I don't want to spoil it because it's it's hard because the way the characters meet is just so good and it's not it's just not what I expected and it's just brilliant. So I know this is like the worst recommendation because I'm like, <laughs> just trust me. It's a trust me kind of recommendation, me. yeah. <laughs> it's a trust me kind of recommendation. And like, have I failed you yet? No. no. <laughs> so <laughs> I will say that it is about characters with physical disabilities and it kind of goes through those challenges and like the mental battle that comes with that but yeah this is a really poor recommendation for me because I've, I just I really want you to go in not knowing much about it but just know that it is out of all the 12 to 14 books I'm recommending today if you're going to read one of them read this one. Oh wow that's a big recommendation like, huge best easily best book for 2023 Best book I'm re- recommending today out of all the books I've read. This is not just like this year's books. It is brilliant. It's a romance. It's quite chunky for a romance. I, mean, I posted a review about it. That kind of goes more into it. But going blind, go in just expecting, yeah, a brilliant, brilliant story. You've sold me. I, I know I just I feel bad that I'm like not telling you what it is about but no well it's
0: intriguing like you just you're oh. building the suspense and now I need to know. <laughs> I know I hope
1: I don't hype it up too much but honestly it deserves it it is it's brilliant I actually might reread it it is just incredible I loved it
0: book of the year that's that's pretty amazing book, yeah 100 percent.
1: 100 percent.
0: well actually it's interesting that you have just shared your book of the year because our next and final topic that we are covering today is a series to get you hooked and the series that i'm going to recommend starts with my book of the year oh okay Mm. which if you have been following me on instagram you will not be shocked to learn is bear town by frederick backman i have been raving about the bear town series all year um probably to the point of people wanting me just to shut the hell up but i (laughs) (laughs) have absolutely loved it so and it's another one that I I really want to talk about the series as a whole, but it's tricky to talk about the series without spoiling things. Mm. Um, yeah, hard. There was so much to Bear Town that mattered. Was the way that I described it in mm. my review that the way that he writes is just incredible. He just offers such a fabulous observation of society and the way that we deal with issues. And there's so many things of sexism and privilege and sexual assault and hero worship and many others. It just I don't even know how to put into words how much I loved this book. And you know, for someone who does not really get into sports, Kate, this is a sport. <laughs> yeah, I was
1: like gonna say, I'm <laughs> like, this is
0: not like you at all. No, but it's it's obviously a sport book that's about so much more than sport.
1: It's mm. about small towns and I don't even know how to explain <laughs> it. I know. When a book's that good and when it's your favourite book, you're like just trust me. Yeah. I don't need to explain it. Just go and read it. Yeah. Like
0: how do I put into words this book and what it meant to me? I don't even know. But yeah. Um, but I was completely hooked on this series. I read the first two right before the third one came out, which was excellent timing because I think if I had to wait for that third book, I probably would have plucked my eyes from my head. I was just so <laughs> like needed to read it and I couldn't have waited. Oh, read it. It's so good. <laughs> What's book two and three called? Book two is called Us Against You and book
1: three is called The Winners. That's right. Yeah, I have seen them around. I forget that it's part of a series actually. You, yeah, like you said, have spoken about this book so much and I still haven't put it on my list. Like I know I should trust you and do it, but the hype, like everyone loves it and that just makes me nervous. Yeah, that's always the downside to raving
0: about a book, isn't it? You put so much pressure on it and I think especially when it's one that there's lots of people – Waving the flag of how good it is. It just builds Mm. and builds and builds. So
1: maybe But obviously worth it if everyone loves it.
0: Yeah, well that's it. Wait for the hype to die down, maybe, but um but oh it's so good. And it's sport, Kate. You will you will love the sport side of it. You love that
1: part for sure. I know. Okay, all right. It's on my shelf, so I will get to it at some point. At some point, maybe. At some point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What uh what series have you got to recommend to get us hooked?
1: This series is a series that I know you also absolutely love. (laughs) So we can have a joint recommendation. This is the Wild series by K.A. Tucker. So the first one's called The Simple Wild. Read the first one and you'll be hooked to read all of them, I think. So this series is four books in total. It's set in Alaska and follows a girl named Carla and a grumpy pilot named Jonah. Does this just bring it all back for you? Are you loving this?
0: Yes, but it's really interesting to me that you've said Carla because in my head I always said Kala. Oh, probably. That's so funny. Isn't it funny how, like, you read and just have
1: different ways of saying it? As soon as someone says it out loud, you're like, oh, Oh, (laughs) is (laughs) wrong? Yeah, I was probably wrong. There's no R in it, so I was probably wrong. Anyway, carry on. But, yes, my God, I love them so much. Jonah. Oh, that's (laughs) so good. I know. So she comes back to this small town in Alaska to reconnect with her estranged dad, and she's this, like, classic big city girl all the bags all the makeup all the shoes and she lands in this rural town this like hard to get to -to down-to-earth town and she obviously stands out like a sore thumb but I just I loved it I loved it so much I loved reading about Alaska this town like it just what you said before was so perfect like one of those characters that burrows into your heart and stays yeah. there forever. That's how I feel about this town. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I agree. It,
1: yeah. It definitely put Alaska like top of my list for travel plans. I have to go, but I just loved reading about the characters. I loved reading about them falling in love. I love reading about their growth and as, you know, as individuals and what they went through and the family challenges and, I read it so long ago, but it has stayed with me forever. I it's just such a special series. It, yeah, I loved it. Also, the covers are beautiful. Just the covers side are note.
0: beautiful. They yeah, are, they're yeah, stunning. Beautiful covers. I completely loved these books as well, and just got so thrown into the whole Alaskan thing. Oh. I don't even know where I, why I read this or where I picked it up from. It's probably I probably saw it on your Instagram. To be fair, yeah. Um, Maybe. But I remember, like, finishing the first one and just buying the next one immediately on my Kindle. Like
1: I started it on my Kindle, got halfway through the first book, and I was like, nah, this has to be on my shelf. And I bought the whole series <sighs> in one go. And, like, I, yeah, hadn't even finished the first book, and I was like, no, I know I'm going to love this. I know I'm going to love this series, and I want it on my shelf. And very glad I did. Loved it. I still, it's definitely a series to get you hooked.
0: I still haven't read... The last one, I don't think that's Marie, isn't it? The vet.
1: Yeah, the vet. She's yeah. got her own story. She kind of gets a redemption story. Yeah. She's not a very well liked character in the first three books. No,
0: and I just I don't know. Animals aren't really my thing. I started it, but then it was a lot about the animals, and I was like, I don't. think
1: It's don't all to about be. the <laughs> all about the dogs. Yeah, I was, yeah. Personally, loved it. You not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Which is fine. Just stick with Carla and Jonah. Yep, I will. Carla. Whatever, whatever her name is, whatever. <laughs>
0: I mean, really, I'm here for Jonah, let's be real.
1: Yeah, let's be real. (laughs) Grumpy pilot. Now, that's it for us for our recommendations. We hope you loved this episode of Double Booked and found some new goodies to add to your TBR. I know I definitely did. Yeah, me
0: too. Holy moly, my list is just growing and growing and growing. (laughs) Join us again in our next episode. And don't forget our Book Club episode will be out at the end of November. We will be chatting about Lola in the Mirror by Trent Dalton, which I'm so excited about. Until next time, we are Kate and
1: Sophie. And we are double booked.